excited. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. I have a question. So yeah. am I the first guest that gets to? You're the first guest with like the new studio, new the new studio. the new treatment. Yeah. I love it. And then yeah. new cigar. Mm -hmm. I love it. We saved it all for you, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so our first guest ever, because Chris doesn't count as a guest. He's the co-host. So this is the first official outside guest in the uh, new studio, Site Bravo, as we're going to call it. Uh, yes. Miss Amy Tejada, um, manager, general manager. Yes. Of Casa de Monte Cristo and Whippity, my old stomping grounds. Yes. Um, and co-host of the Lounge Experience podcast. Yes. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you. And of course, I know that I am your guest, but of course, I'm going to send it to people to watch. So good morning <laughs> to my listeners. So I wanted to just, I just want to say You're thank you for having so me. You're going to get so many, like so many more people are going to watch this because of you <laughs> than the five grumpy Scottish guys who watch us. No, thank you for having me. I, no, of course. I'm super excited to be here. This well, we, is... we wanted to get more diverse guests in terms of mm -hmm. we always get manufacturers, which is great because that's what you need. But we don't really have any other like industry experts right. or, or faces or, you know, Chris and I were talking like, well, Amy is like very popular and well-versed and she's downstairs. So like, we just go. Popular, I wouldn't say. Oh, but, you're up yeah. there. You're up there. <laughs> yeah. You have more followers than I do. I only have, you know, I, I don't post that much though on my personal Instagram. I don't post that much either. I just like to follow and interact exactly. with people. I like, I like is... to follow and like see more than I like right. to be a thing. Right, right. So before we get into everything, I want to, this is going to take us a while to smoke. So I want to light these up. I was looking at it. I'm like, um, yeah, so, but I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so I'm excited regardless of the size. Uh, this we is... are the first people to smoke this. Well, I'm sure. Except for Steve. Yes. We are smoking I'm the brand new. Um, this is the last addition to the JR 50th anniversary mm -hmm. collection. This is the Dunbarton tobacco and trust limited edition EM Maduro. Um, now what the EM stands for, is so I don't know if, if many I don't even know if you know this you might um, but Steve Sacco used to work here I do know this back yes. in early 2000s he mm -hmm. was like an executive consultant uh, here yes. so he worked right for Lou Rothman and there was off of the back of that that he got hired by Drew Estate and then was their president for several years so when he worked here he was very close with the at the time the head of our buying department Ed McVeigh who is now since retired but pops in every once in a while right and he when we asked him to do this project, he, he crafted this blend as a homage or homage mm -hmm. um, to <laughs> the cigars that him and Ed really enjoyed back in those early 2000s, which was, right. you know, those Frankie Anaza, like big Honduran, bold, gotcha. broadly, like the old JR Ultimates, the old Hoyo de Monterey's, you know, these big, thicker Churchill Honduran cigars. Well, this is definitely a... Churchill, Churchill. This is this a, is this is a fat Churchill. This is a fat Ch so, yeah. Churchill, and I'm okay with it. I'll yeah. do it for for this time only, okay? Because because I like you, Nick. Okay? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, you know, I I actually for the past couple of months I have been experiencing um, Churchill sizes a little bit more often in different brands. So I'm I've kind of been getting a little bit impressed on how Churchills smoke. You know, compared to Robustos or Corona, mm -hmm. which is my preference, I love. So you don't normally go for the Churchill? No, I, I really don't. But there are certain brands lately that I have been able to grab. You know, I have thought about, you know what, let me change the size, especially because I have either a long drive right. or um, I want to sit outside for a while and watch TV. I mean, uh, my shows and so yeah. on and so forth. So um, so I'm not mad about this. I'm, I'm pretty... 
I'm pretty happy to try this for the first time, and I'm one of the first ones to smoke. I will say it, it. The Churchill size has become like my new Lancero in that it's that unique size that I'll go to. You know, mm. I always grab like a six by forty-eight. Is like my. This is just my cigar. You know, if I had to pick what size I'm smoking, I'm smoking a six by forty-eight. But in terms of like, I want to try something different size. It used to be a Lancero. Now it's like not this big of a Churchill, but now it's like a you know seven by forty-eight. Like the Mother Church that we did. Oh, that Mother uh, Church was fantastic. Yeah, and fantastic. Michael Herklotz, when I when I interviewed him a couple like two years ago during the pandemic, he made a really good point in that Churchills are like the best way. Like they're you're able to tell the entire story of the blend in a Churchill. It'll offer you the most chances for flavor transitions mm-hmm. and to really explore the blend. Whereas other sizes, because they're either shorter or thinner, you're more limited in what you can do. And like that Mother Church. I, the blend is amazing on its own, but I don't know if that works in like a six by 50. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, <clears throat> broadleaf can be a little, you know, hefty, um, you know, and a little brutal. So maybe doing it in this kind of bigger ring gauge is going to mellow it out a little bit. I, mm. Ooh, the yeah, aroma actually, on that really first. Good. That's really good. You know what good. I mean? Like, I, oof. So this, this is uses banging. a I, I can't remember I can't remember all the fillers on it. It was definitely Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran. There might be one more in there, but definitely okay. Nicaraguan, Dominican, Honduran filler, um, San Andreas Negro binder, and then Connecticut Broadleaf Number One Dark wrapper, which is the same wrapper that he used on the Tricky Traca, which is my favorite. Okay, of his. gotcha. Um, Tricky Traca tends to be that you know that smack in the face like here i am you know what i mean and See, i love that everyone says that i find it to be smoother than the regular micarita what yeah i think it's because even though it's stronger i mm-hmm. think the wrapper is like a higher priming so it's like the wrapper is cleaner like it's a smoother taste even I- though it's stronger so I, I can definitely see that on the flavor profile for sure. Mm. Um, but it does have that spiciness to it that mm. I definitely get like mm, taken back. But definitely I can see the flavor profile being smoother. Yeah. Just not as complex and rich, like bold flavors yeah. that you get from the origin, original Carida. Yeah, so. I, I take, I'll take, a, I'll take a tricky traca, especially that, oh, that's six by How about I take... Any of them. <laughs> I listen. Even I the Umba God. I, 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 I don't. I don't believe how the Umba God like exists at that price point. I don't. I don't get it. Amazing. It's the same cigar. It is just a great value cigar. Mm-hmm. I keep telling everybody about it in the humidor, and I have a couple of our guys that are just obsessed with them. So it just moves like crazy. It's really crazy how like brands like Dunbar and our foundation. Mm-hmm. Their best-selling cigars is, there, is like the Charter Oak or the Umba guy. Like it's it's they're definitely their most price-conscious one. But a six-dollar cigar from Nick Melillo is better than some twenty-dollar cigars I've had from like legitimate high-end manufacturers. I can preach. <laughs> like it, I it, agree. It's it's unreal. I agree. So yeah. let's let's now that we've lit our our. Jesus, these things are huge. Um, I like it though. I, 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 I'm, like listen. I'm kind of like as by the minute as the minutes are going, like I'm feeling it in my hand. I don't know if the viewers are definitely noticing. Like I'm, I keep moving it from one hand to the other. I'm getting comfortable with it. When I, no, when, I'm not when, mad about when it. When Steve <laughs> first told us the size, I was like, "Come on, man!" I was like, "That's so. That's that's a really big cigar." Yeah. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, he wouldn't blend a cigar bad or stupidly like. Mm-hmm. To, to screw with us or because right. he like there's there's a reason behind it i'm um, like it's probably that's even what i was telling chris about the uh the new um 
aging room, the right. uh, rare, rare collection. The rare collection. That they're all in bigger ring cages. And I'm like, he definitely did this because like, that was the way the rapper and fillers would work together. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it was, I think it was like, what, like a four by 52, right. five by 55, and then a six by 60. I'm like, he definitely, like, this is how he had to do it to make the blend work. Right. And, and, and what he, what he aimed for in that particular blend was that, that every single size, no matter what the length or the width was, it matches every single right. one going from one to the other. Right. And that definitely, you know, worked out for him, but Listen, this, this is, is this is crazy. This dude. is good. This is really good. This is so good right now. <laughs> um, so I want to let's talk about your your beginnings in the in the cigar industry. You know, everyone okay. kind of has a story about how they how they got in. Obviously, I know I've told mine a thousand times. I started right here in Whippany, but you, I, I don't know where you started. Started. I know where I first met you, which was in the city at yes. Cigar Inn. But yes. where were you before that? So. I started at Papa Juan's in Harlem, which it was the original Papa Juan store. Um, it's a funny story because the way that I was introduced to the industry, it was like super weird. Mm -hmm. um, it was very unexpected because I actually have a um, degree in criminal justice. Oh, wow. So I went to school and I got a oh, degree. Oh, you definitely seem like a New York City like... <laughs> Cop from like a TV show, like that badass you know Dominican cop. Like, oh yeah, you're cracking heads and taking names. Um, pretty much that's yeah. what I wanted to do. So I I went to school for criminal justice, and you know that, that's one thing I will say about going to college. It was that it's not so much about the title that you get; it's more the connections that you make in right. in college. And I seriously, I got such a great connection with my, um, the Dean that he introduced, introduced me to, um, some people that hired me at the hospital. Mm. When I left college, when I got my degree, I started working at the, the, the hospital right away, literally right before I left college. Like I was already hired right. and it was temporary because that's how I started. And all of a sudden one day they called me up as soon as I finished my, my, my degree, my, my day. And they said, um, Amy, um, unfortunately you, uh, we will ask you to just take your belongings from your locker, but today's your last day. I said, excuse me. Wait, why? Home? I was temporary. Yeah. So that's how it works oh, okay, in the hospital. Yeah. If you're temporary, there's nothing that they can call you like literally yeah. the, night, the day before and tell you like, I'm sorry, but today's your last day or whatever. They have the ability to do that. Right. So, um, I call my dad automatically and I say, hey, I am extremely upset. I don't have a job right now. Like, they just let me go. There's no, I don't know what to do. Right. My dad is like, all right, no worries. My dad was in front of his best friend at the moment where he, where he was working at. And he used to manage Papa Juan at the moment. So he got to end up saying to my dad, hey, I will interview her because I'm looking for a hostess at the lounge. Right. My dad tells me right away, hey, um... XYZ is looking for a uh, hostess, you know, go and interview and don't make me look bad. I said, what are you talking about? Where, where do you, my dad doesn't tell me anything. My right. dad just says, go and see him, go and interview and don't make me look bad. I have no idea what is the job entitles. I don't know where this is located. None of it. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I will say, I can't see you as a, ho you're, you're, you're running stuff. I can't see you as a hostess and like that, somebody <laughs> spilling their root beer on you. Like, no, you gotta be, you gotta be making moves. Right. So, but hold on. So this guy, I, my dad explains to me, oh, this is a, a, a cigar lounge. I'm like, what is a cigar? I have no idea. 
No clue what a cigar is. I don't know what a cigar lounge looks like. Mm. Never even heard of this industry because I come from a family that nobody smokes. Right. No cigarettes, no cigars, no, no nothing. So, you know, not understanding what it is, it just kind of took me off and I, threw me off. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me just go ahead. Let me not look my dad, my, make my dad look bad. And I'm going to just, you know, I don't have to accept the job. I just got to go. Right? right. So I get to the interview. Fine. The guy interviews me and wants to hire me right on the spot. I call my dad. I'm like, dad, this guy wants to interview, uh, wants to hire me. Um, I just finished your interview. I don't want to do this. I, I don't know what I, what it is. Like, this is the most awkward and weird interview in my entire life, by the yeah, way. And also a cigar lounge. So, especially, have you ever, did you ever hostess or like waitress no, before? Yeah. No. Like that's a weird place to get started. Like usually Nick, you, you, start, you get started no in like idea. an IHOP or a Friendly's or something. You don't just jump into like a cigar lounge. It's an aggressive environment. Listen, I went from working at a law firm to a working in a hospital to working at a cigar lounge. Like there's like very weird trajectory. Very, yeah. very weird. Right. So all of a sudden, my dad is like, listen, just work the first the first um, shift and don't make me look bad. I'm like, dad, what are you telling me Again right now? Again with this, making you look bad. I got to make money. Right? I got to make money. And plus, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Like, you right. know what I mean? So to make the story short, I jump in. I say, yes, fine. I can work tonight. By the way, he said, oh, can you come back? The interview was at one o'clock in the afternoon. And he tells me, I'm done with the interview by like before two. He goes, can you come back at five? So I go back at five. Those I are always start, the best interviews. Like, oh, we need you to start like, like right now. now. And I'm like, okay. So I go ahead and I go in and I get trained by this girl. She's awesome. Great energy. Um, and she goes, this is what the first thing that she says. If you want to make money, you need to be part of it. Mm. And I said, hey, excuse me, what? She goes, uh, is, this, is this a cult? Like, do I got like blood <laughs> so, brothers? Like, what are we right, doing? Right, here? Like, what are we doing here? So she goes, listen, I'm going to start you off with something mild. This is not going to overwhelm you. Da, 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 da. So she starts training me and gets me an infused cigar. So I'm like, oh, Jesus, fine. I try it out. I go home with this mean headache. Yeah, it's basically like your first drink mean. being a margarita. It's like all the sugars and like there's, there's weird stuff going on. Mean headache. I go in the next day. I try it again. Mean headache. But one thing that I do notice throughout the, the few hours that I worked, it was that I loved the environment. Right. I loved how it felt being there. Like it was so different than working at the, the law firm. It was so different working at the hospital. I was working at a surgical department, which is all trauma and, and, and just, right. I mean, not all trauma, but it was like a lot of trauma, a lot of going on, a lot of stress. And I'm going to this atmosphere that was so calm, so chill people are happy people right. just want to relax and have fun and i just fell in love with it and from there on it just took off and it was the most weird and the best decision that i could right. pretty much had made as a job so did you end up being more than a hostess there 100 okay so you yeah. ended up being like a manager there and then yeah. when did you start at cigar Inn? so i transitioned from there to a private lounge in Yonkers and from Yonkers. So on my days off at Papa Juan, where I started in the industry, I used to go to Cigar Inn when, um, on my days off. Right. So then I moved to Yonkers and I was still doing the same concept. Like I would mm. be like, on my days off, I wanted to relax, chill with people, smoke my cigars, learn. So I dove in hard, by the right. way. I taught myself everything. I picked up magazines. I started looking up information. I started asking questions and 
you know, I've been blessed, I guess, where I got introduced to a lot of people in the industry that were very knowledgeable and were also working in the industry. So right. I got to ask the questions that I needed to ask to be able to learn. Um, so I went from working there and all of a sudden Cigar Inn got bought off by our company mm -hmm. and the the former owner said, hey, I have a girl for you that will work amazingly for you guys. Right. And I was still in. Yeah, because you, yeah, you weren't because I was there when, when we first took it over. I right. had to go in like, even though I was, I was doing this, I had to go in and like work a few nights and like, mm -hmm. cause they were right. still getting the staff. We had to do inventory and I don't remember you th like then, but then I remember you like not, not far after that. It was literally, they took over in June. Yeah. No, they had bought it over. Like I think it was February, no, April around there. Like when they first got trained the entire team yeah. to take over the store in June. And I I got I got brought in in July, July yeah. 14th or something like that. So I got in like right after you guys. That store, like the especially the, the one on 73rd Street was like fine. You know, it was it was whatever. <laughs> it was a cool sh little shop. You know, it was it was, a, it was definitely more of the like, I don't want to say old man lounge, but like, that's what it was. No, this was definitely the listen. 73rd Street was my grandpa's living room yeah. with all his best friends. That was what it was. Yeah. It was. All these guys watching CNN and the or Fox. Fox, definitely Fox. It was, it was so funny yeah. because I remember working in that store and like the group in the back will be all Fox and the entire group in the in the front room were all CNN. So you will have two news going yeah, on well, at I, the same well, exact is, time. This is before Trump because yeah, yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, so like people, people. That's not what people like could watch CNN and Fox News and not want to, you know, stab <laughs> each other. No, 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 <laughs> no, honey. This they will go at it. There were guys there that would just go at it and have that's debates, awesome. and it was it was a movie. Yeah. Working for that store, it was a movie. And what I loved about it, it was that because you know, if you guys, for those that don't know about these two stores, yes, they got both got bought off, but. They were so, uh, both stores were owned by the same company, Yeah, but it was two different entities. They were, they were also very different. Very different very in so different. many different ways. Yeah. So the clientele, the atmosphere, everything was so different, even though it was the entire, the same exact um, staff that were running it and everything. Yeah. But I was able to go from one store to the other, and I kind of like felt like I was taking a break from each other. Right. Right, like it was not like, it was. It 54th was, Street, that place was oh. bumping. It, it was bumping. It was partying all day, all night. Is it bro. still like that? Like, like, like on. I went to an event. Me and Chris went to the um, an event there a few months ago. But I remember, like, on a Friday or Saturday night, you had a DJ in there. Like, it was packed. Like, you could not move. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is going no. on here? So not anymore. Um, we actually got rid of the DJs a long time ago, and, and that was also had to do a lot with the. Um, the management team that we had before because the numbers were a little bit different than what we were expecting at right. that point. Um, but of course, that's like just making decisions for to improve the, the environment in the store. So that had right. to change. But listen, we were still kicking like yeah. that store has never stopped kicking. That store is it's is a is a. It's not just a location; it's actually a destination. Right. So people are still going to visit people like especially with um, people. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Tourist? Tourists. Yeah. They just want to experience it. So well, it's one of those class, like when you think of steakhouses in the city, you have your classic, mm -hmm. you, know, you have your Peter Lugers, you have your yeah. Smith and Walensky. Mm -hmm. For cigar stores, you have, you don't have the Nat Sherman store anymore. Oh my God. 
I'm Which so is sad a about damn, that. A damn shame. So sad about it. You have the Macanudo Lounge, but like you can't really. You gotta like make a reservation there. Um, Which is a nice experience, by the it, way. It is. It, it is. is a great, beautiful lounge. It is. It is it's 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 a must-have yeah. experience. The Grand Havana Room closed because there were re- the renovations. There were renovations, yeah. but then like, I think COVID happened, and I don't know if they're going to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one place in Soho that was pretty good. The Soho, Soho Cigar Soho Bar. Soho Cigar Bar I was, was there cool. all the time. <laughs> yeah, Soho Cigar Bar is really good. Uh, and then like, no offense to Davidoff, uh, but the Davidoff lounges are like, not really a place to hang out. Like it's very, they're very, like we went there. It's like, I, I gotta take a break. Yeah. I'm gonna go and smoke a cigar. That's the place. Yeah. We went there to film once. It was me, Dane, and I can't remember who else was with us um, filming. And we did like a, like a one day New York City tour. We did Cigar in at night, but then before that we did the Nat Sherman store. Great experience. Yeah. And then we did the Davidoff store and they like kind of took care of us because we were with JR and they knew mm-hmm. us. But it just, it was not a very like, come hither atmosphere like the, mm-hmm. there was a little lounge it had like four chairs you had to be a member to that's sit in how the it chairs. is yeah that's how they are yeah. and but again it's like every single lounge in the city it doesn't matter where you go every single one of them have its purpose and right. it has its own atmosphere so however you feel like that's kind of like where you could right. visit you know what i mean like it was the same thing with nashman when nashman was open i used to go there all the time as well because Listen, before I'm a retailer, I'm a customer. Yeah. I smoke all the time. And that's I very sp- important. Yes. It's very important. It, it, it actually has helped me a lot with my transition in, in this industry, how I, how I think about it, how right. I treat my customers, because I am a customer as well. You know, and visiting all these lounges, and depending on how my mood was, that's how I used to visit. And mm. I visited a lot. Like, of course, there was a few of them that they, I didn't get to visit, or I still haven't visited, but... There were so many that were, were my go-to because of depending on how I felt. Right. So they all had their own personality. And I always say to everybody, please go support them. Just support them. I always, if I'm in a random city for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I owe, and I see a cigar shop, I always try to stop in. I'll buy yeah. like, whatever. I'll buy like one or two things. If it's like, if it happens to be a TAA store or a store that I, I recognize yeah. from social media, I'll buy like, oh, I know you have these exclusive whatevers. But if I'm just driving through wherever and I see a cigar lounge or a cigar store, I'm going to go, I'm going to buy, I'm going to spend $30. I'm like, here, oh, yeah. you know, here, spread the love. Yeah, also, right. like, I don't really buy that many cigars. I get so many that, you know, and I only have, I only have X amount of time to smoke everything. Yeah. So it's like my little, like, here's a little giving back to the industry. Um, so then you started here in, in Whippany three years ago, two years ago? Two It's about... Was it before? No, two years ago. It was right yeah. before... Right COVID. before COVID. Okay. Right before COVID. So two years? Okay. Uh, listen, I am sorry, but I lost count. I don't know what year it is, after, what month it is. After COVID, day. like there's, there's no such thing as there's time no anymore. A, it's, it just, is, it's just all a blur. I'm so lost in time. Yeah. You have no idea. Oh, uh, trust me. I get it. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> My days go from one to the other. Like, <laughs> that's, all, that's, also, that's, that's the retail world, man. I mean, I used to, I, when I was one of the key holders over there, I used to be off on like Wednesdays. Like that was yeah. my day to go like go to the mall like hang out with people I'm like you want to hang out at wednesday at one and, there, and everyone was like no i got <laughs> no, stuff i got going on. i got i got a life nick so I got ha- a life. <laughs> how has the re- the cigar retail industry changed because i will say this the staff you guys have over there now we had very hard workers you know we had mm-hmm. me we had anthony and elise you are a hard worker oh we <laughs> nicholas oh, we, bust, we busted our ass man <laughs> That no, had, no, he uh, was. That he Havana was. night, like that was no, yeah. that was like me and Anthony, like yeah. built all that like yeah. ourselves. I got the scars to prove it. 
Um, but blood and tears, people. Blood I, and tears. I will say, in terms of cigar knowledge, yeah. Like we we like we had Felix, mm-hmm. so his tobacco knowledge is second to none. It's. It's you a know. library. Exactly. Like, he is a walking library when it comes to yeah. cigar knowledge. And I absolutely love it. When I got hired to work in this location, I was one of the most exciting parts of it was that I got to work with Felix. He's a, he's literally, literally a legend in like the cigar, like on the East coast, the cigar retail world. Like everybody knows Felix. Yes. And he's just incredible. He's, he's aura alone is it's so welcoming, so warm. And, and and I love the part that we get to talk to him and learn every single day. Yeah. And to this day, like the other day, like last week, we were talking about something and he dropped knowledge. And I'm like, I didn't know this. Dude, he <laughs> like, knows. what? He, you know what he, he, got, he has like that cool perspective of he was like around during the boom, which is like such yes. a, like a weird, like it was the transition yeah. from like, our parents' generation of right. like when everyone was smoking candelas and like you know no one and you know, short fillers and, and short all that filler stuff. crap to what we see today and he was like he was it was like he was there at the big bang yes and so it's really interesting to get yeah. his perspective but I will say at the time besides a few of us mm-hmm. industry knowledge was not great for our but also we didn't have that many brands I mean when I first started working there in two thousand and ten. We didn't have Padron. We didn't have no. Davidoff. Forget about anything resembling a boutique. I mean, there was mm-hmm. no foundation at the time, but we didn't have crown heads. We barely had, like, we had some CAOs. We had no, almost no Tatawahes, La Florida Dominicana. It was the alternatives. It was Altidus. It was General. It was, we had started to get some Perdomo in. Mm-hmm. Fuente was, like, our big seller. Yeah. Um, and then that slowly transitioned, you know, after my few years there. But... The staff you guys have now in terms of like industry knowledge, knowing the brands, knowing yeah. the, the, the latest hits, absolutely incredible. Yeah. How, how is the, re- and especially after COVID, how has the retail kind of the retail industry or the landscape changed or how does it, how is it looking now? Well, from when I started and I started around 2000 and around the same time as you, yeah. um, about 10 years ago. And when I started again, there was not much of, helping in the humidor there was right. not much like you will walk into any place and i never really got much experience uh people providing an experience right it was very it was much like, like retail workers like a guy who works at walmart like literally like, like yeah. clerks yeah there was like a lot of that back to 10 years ago and this is like yesterday if if you think about it and i and, and i sit sometimes and i'm like i cannot believe that i've been working for in this industry for 10 years yeah. and this is like I went again, I went from studying something to a completely different world and diving in and head on. Right. And now I get to see how literally everybody is now diving into knowing, experiencing, getting, getting like they want to pull out as much from it as they can before it was totally different. I, I always say to people, I wish that I would have started like, that the culture was like now 
when I started because I wanted some guidance. I wanted right. to be able to, like, I wish that I got people to tell me, hey, smoke this instead of this. Yeah, or, but you know what? But you got a, you, we got interesting experiences. We, we got a baptism by fire. Like, we were, we were carved out of stone. What? Is, like, that we, is we very got true. to, like, is, you know, because <laughs> it, it's funny, like, you know, like, Chris has become very, you know, knowledgeable on, like, mm -hmm. the kind of modern industry. But if I have a Nick Melillo on, or I'm talking to Steve, or I'm talking to whoever, and we're talking about, like, yeah. old Partaguses or the old Frankianeses or, like, that kind of stuff that was, like, or old Don Tomas, these guys have no idea no. Like what those, what those, and those things were, they were it. They, they were, were it. They were they, it. Yes. Like Quesada and like uh, the Casa Magnas were like the these cigar of that time. Yes. And they, the most mo people who would consider themselves modern enthusiasts, mm -hmm. no idea that that brand even exists. Right. So like we got, we got a unique we experience. Got a new, we definitely yeah. have, have been, uh, you know, blessed and, 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 being able to see the transition. I personally think that right now we are definitely getting a lot more people who become passionate about it. Right. Um, and that they love to learn and include people. Right. That's the thing that I've definitely been seeing in the past few years. And I have seen that a lot more younger people are getting into it, which creates a larger um, uh, platform for everyone. Right. It's more welcoming. Um, I, I do see that now when people are searching don't get me wrong <laughs> i've walked into places where they they and, and i've had uh interaction with certain you know uh retail owners that say certain things that i'm like i still question you i still question now, you. you you mean like when, cigar related or like because you're a woman like and they're old-fashioned right like in that old mentality yeah. and i and i hate to use the old mentality concept right. but it's like so it just throws me back to that till this day we still have people saying oh you know i just want a um a girl that'll just clean ashtrays like you know the the the, the humidor and you know cigars is for men right i'm like listen you will have my eyes i'm like excuse me <laughs> See, excuse me that that old kind of theory it, of like where women belong in the cigar industry, that got put to bed with me real quick when within a year of working here, I did some event with uh, Cynthia Fuente and I'm oh like, my God, yes. this woman knows mm -hmm. way more yep. than I will ever, ever, ever know. Like not even close yeah. will I ever know as much as her. And so that got put to bed real quick with me. Like, oh yeah, women know. Now, is the demographic mostly men? Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's a lot of other industries that are still the same. Yeah. But I, I will tell you this much. It doesn't matter what industry you go in. A lot of times, you guys don't realize women are the people who are behind the scenes and they're the ones making the big decisions. Like nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. And also nobody like, knows. hair care products are generally a woman's thing, but I research my shampoo extensively. <laughs> so like... <laughs> I've had so many compliments on my shampoo and conditioner. Like it's, it's, it's you, tree based. You're, make, you're making it, you're making sure that you look cute. Well, you know I have I mean? very <laughs> thick, rough hair. So I need something that, you know, yeah. still works to clean it, but also right. gives it like a nice smoother texture. Mm -hmm. But I think the increase in women, uh, especially visible women like yourself has been yeah. awesome because, and I don't want to get too much into this, but obviously there is the, there is We're the growing. there is the there is the influencer kind of, of of topic, but then there's the actual like what I call industry members. Right. You you're an influencer in that you have influence in terms of your status, but you yeah. are not an influencer, and like that is your job. I you don't consider a, myself an influencer. You are an industry member. 
Right. You're a legitimate I, industry member. I am definitely, you know, I don't consider myself an influencer. Um, listen, a lot of people say, oh, you are influencing. I'm like, listen, I just get to talk about what I love and what I do on an everyday basis. Right. And I just want to involve and include as many people as, as I can to to do this, to enjoy this. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, it is, it, it you not a lot of people get to have the position that we have where we can have a discussion and educate people and love what we do and love what we are educating people on. So I just, you know, I'm going to use my platform. I'm going to use, you know, I have the lounge experience podcast and I have an amazing, amazing co-host, which is Erica. And she just does an amazing job. That's my next question. So, so tell us a little bit about how the podcast started. Like what, and what is the kind of mission statement of the lounge experience? So the lounge experience, just to kind of like bring it back a little bit, Erica, uh, you know, back in 2015, I think it was, or 14, a few years ago. I actually, again, I'm lost with the time. Don't don't follow my timeline because I'm be yeah. all, all fucked up. You're on COVID time, which is... <laughs> I'm still on COVID yeah, time. Exactly. Um, she, years ago, she actually started her own brand, um, Erican, and she was putting a lot of content, involving people. She was making sure that the cigar industry was not perceived and sexualized, right? right? That it doesn't matter who you are, what skin color or what, how you look like, you all going to enjoy the same thing the same way, right? And she kind of hit a plateau and through this entire plateau on social media, yeah. when this entire time I was riding the, the wave with her where I was there, like I was and I was looking at the photo shoot, the content she was putting out. I'm helping her with, you know, um, seeing the industry from the retail side as well, right. because that's that's the beauty of us. Right. She we have different point of views. I worked in the retail side. She she is a um, uh, digital creator. Um, she was working for multiple brands. So we had different perspective. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was that with her side of the business, when she hit the plateau, she was like, you know what? We need to, I need my, we need our voice to be out there. Right. To, we, we can't have people say, oh, you can't say that. Because at that point, uh, also social media was preventing a lot of content being created. The, the algorithm hit hard where yeah. it was yeah. hiding alcohol content. It was hiding tobacco content. Anything that had to do with tobacco, it was blocked. Like, like, once, a, like once every year, there'll be like a four week period where they'll just like, screw around on stuff oh and all God. of a sudden all it my was... stuff gets tremendously less likes and then enough people complain from different industries that they like fix it and it goes back up again but like once a year they're doing something screwy no at this point it was when they actually changed the, the entire like all the algorithm mm. of like social media and in, in general i remember that happened it with facebook like, too facebook, right, facebook was, got hit really really bad that was both and I remember like we talked about like, oh, doing a YouTube video. We were discussing a lot of different things and options. But, you know, we both talked about I don't care being in camera. I, but the problem with me is that I'm a little like I'm so chill right now. I, I, I cannot believe how chill I am because I'd be like this. I've we, been sitting. We try, we try to foster a chill environment. That's why we have the chairs in this very old rug. I'm always moving around, knocking things down. So, you know, Please we don't knock any of this stuff down. This is all very cheaply made stuff. So it's all going to break very easily. <laughs> this is this is all bought of a Wayfair. Hey, I, listen, I don't judge. It's comfortable. OK, it's all um, and I remember we discussed like the options of being, you know, doing a YouTube. But again, it was it was 
social media and like YouTube was so bombarded with different things. Right. And we said, you know what? We don't want our voice to, to be smothered, to be out. smothered right. out. Or to say, to, for somebody to come and say, hey, you can't say that. Hell no. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I'm going to put it the way that I want to put it. And I'm going to put it out there. Right? It's always going to be naysayer. Like, like, I've been doing this. We've been doing these videos for eight years. There's still a bunch of bullshit that we, like, commentators, like, oh, you think you know? I'm like, no. I probably know more than you guy, but like, yeah, but it's still my right to say. And I, I never yeah. say that I know any, any, any more than anybody, because yeah. at the end of the day, I still learn every single day. But what I do want to say is I want, what I do do is that whatever I want to say, I put it out there and I'm going to say how I right. think, how I believe and from my experience. And that's what we wanted to do. So we, we came out with the lounge experience podcast and we wanted to, in, you know, bring in our female perspective and be able to welcome everybody to our platform. And we wanted to focus on those people that, or brands and experiences that every day we have on right. our lounge, in our lounges, or I don't know, in the backyard or with our family or whatever it is and discuss it. We wanted to put it out there and, and just make it comfortable for everyone. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's that's pretty much how the Lounge Experience podcast came in about. It was more like noticing the change in social media, the decline of content that was there, yeah. the the sexualization of uh, of our industry. Trust me, Listen, I I get that all. People well, think I'm just they think, think I'm a hunk of meat, Ugh. man. Like sometimes <laughs> I feel you on that. It's tough. Ugh. But it, it's it's a great it's a first of all it's a great show. You guys should check it out. I've listened to a few episodes. I will say I tend not to listen to a lot of other cigar content because I'm afraid it's going to influence how I do stuff here. So I, I'm very limited in like who I listen to. I, 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 oh, I still listen to everybody. I, I don't I, care. I'll listen to like a couple. <laughs> I don't I'll, care. I'll listen to like, you know, occasionally I'll listen, like I'll listen to Dojo because we do a lot with him. Yeah. Occasionally I'll listen to like Coop if it's like a really interesting episode. I, I read everything from mm -hmm. these websites. Like I, I read a lot, but in terms of like listening to people's shows, I'm just afraid. I'm like, oh, what if they're doing something really cool and I want to do that? Like I'm afraid. I like to, Try to keep it like like natural, you know. It is it is all about evolving right. and innovating, and you know, I think that being able to see like I love supporting other people. Oh, like holy. I love supporting like the Hot Ticket Podcast, the Sultan's Hot Ticket Podcast. I'll let, when, when, they get hilarious. me. They get me with the clickbaity <laughs> topics, like five most overrated cigar brands. I'm like, well, I gotta listen to this one now. I gotta see what they think. I gotta see what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I love supporting. You know, your podcast. I just love watching other people's stuff because yeah. also it's not just watching it it's also supporting them exactly you know what exactly. i mean um and one of the big big things about me is that i love interacting with people and just seeing what what how you think about things you know what i mean um that's how i've also have grown to experience yeah. other things well you like, guys have a, a not to cut you off a very it's a very unique perspective from both of you because i you obviously have the extensive retail experience mm -hmm. I actually, I met you and Erica like around the same time, Yeah. but like had no idea that you guys, knew, I don't even know if you knew each other when I met you both, but it was like around the same time because I met her at the trade show. Yes. 2016, yeah. maybe. Yes. Yeah. You did. When she was with, uh, with uh, and Anthony. And Anthony. Wow. I was actually I, I, in, I seriously? when I, when I was like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'm talking to Amy this week. And then I'm like, I listen to like somebody like some of the lounge experience and I'm like, wait a minute, Eric used to work for Cornelius and Anthony. What actually happened with them? And I try to go back and find like articles wait, and it was a very vague thing. Like it was very weird. He kind of like came and went in like two years. Steve Bailey was in and out. In and out. <laughs> Made his money and got the hell out. Not even that, dude. It was, let me tell you something. 
one of the things that I loved about that brand, it was that, again, it was, a woman was behind this brand. She yeah. made this brand flourished in two years. And I've never, ever, ever seen a brand become what it did, what, what it did become in, in, within five, in, in within two years. It just blew up because they had an amazing team together that right. knew what they were doing and they freaking pushed everything and the coming right from way. like i'm not gonna say coming from nothing but a brand can flourish in a short amount of time if you have like like when steve Saka left drew estate yeah. and started his own brand all right well this is the guy who you know was with drew estate. like when you have like a name like that and then they're starting their own thing or um Who's the, I think you guys just talked about him, the gentleman who left Caldwell, uh, Wildfire Cigars. Yeah, Wildfires. Yeah, yes. like he's going to do well because like he had, but when you're kind of starting it from like not a lot of people. From the bottom. From the Listen, bottom. This guy did not, first of all, uh, Stephen Bailey didn't, ha didn't have a cigar background. He had, he was the fifth generation of growing tobacco for cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah, like Virginia. He, yeah, yeah, he's in the Virginia area. And this guy didn't know anything about cigars. And he partnered up with, um, oh my God, now I'm, I'm, my, my mind just. Was it? Um, Courtney uh, Smith. Courtney Smith, right. I don't know why I couldn't freaking get her <laughs> name out. But, you know, she, he, Stephen partnered up with Courtney and Courtney fucking made this entire brand what it was. And they started from the bottom all the way to be who they, they were. They had every like they had like the marketing was on point. I really loved like the brands, the the, the the gin and like the cigars were really good. The blends were fantastic. Yeah. The marketing was fantastic. The social media content was amazing. Yeah. The the sales force was amazing. You had Todd with his amazing personality. Come on, man. Like they had everything. And all of a sudden he was like, I'm out. Bye. Yeah, it was it and was, was very like, very I'm quick. I'm done. It was very <laughs> it was very very quick. I think they yeah. ended up selling like the entire like Bailey farm or whatever, like the whole family I business. I think I don't they know sold. the details of that ex to that extent, but I know that it was like he they just gone right. gone, and it was so sad to see. It was such an amazing brand, but but you ha know. having th those two kind of perspectives, the manufacturer marketing perspective from Erica mm -hmm. and then the retail perspective from you guys, really gives it. Uh, a very kind of, cause you got to think, I mean, we have this show, but you know, this is whatever, uh, other people, you got something going on. Stop I appreciate downplaying, that. playing yourself. But other, the other major, <laughs> major things, you know, you have cigar aficionado. Everyone's got their opinion on them these days. Mm -hmm. You have half wheel, you have dojo, you have coop, you have blind man's. And these are all very reputable sources of information, yeah. but they as far as I know, they don't have a ton of like, besides being media members. Now I'm sure some of them have worked at stores or something. See what I'm saying? That's I'm right. just like, I'm like a hot mess walking around. This is, uh, <laughs> this, we took this rug from the warehouse. Like this is an old, like we don't care what this happens to this rug. This is yeah. from the old lounge. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's, it's probably got water stains on it. No, uh, it looks great, it's fine. But you guys have, it's not just like, oh, we're members of the media. It's like, no, we're, we have real world industry experience from at, the highest levels of retail and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So that plus being these kind of influencer media members gives you just a very unique perspective, which brings me to the big topic that I really want to talk about is just the industry today and brands. What is moving retail wise right now? Like, like what is it? Is it still like it was oh in my, my day God. where it was still a lot of just the, the bigger, you know, general Altidus, or has there been a switch to more brands like Dunbar and Foundation, Crown Heads, Alec and Bradley? 
Listen, there is definitely a shift in how people perceive brands nowadays from 10 years ago or even five years ago. Um, that's without a doubt. Right. Now, it's definitely difficult to answer your question because it is so difficult to tell you with accurate data because of what's happening nowadays. There's such a back order on everything. Yeah. There's, you can't get your hands on the most populars. You cannot get your hands on, you know, even for the latest releases, we have to wait months to get mm. them sometimes because it's either there's no boxes that, that, that are being made or, you know, labels are not on time or even plastic. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like everything is so difficult. Now, I will say that one of the things that our team and, and what I've seen out there, you know, in other lounges is that we have become more educational. Right. We are training our 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 um, clientele to understand like, hey, there's a lot more things to try. Go like try it. You know what I mean? So it is a great thing to see that there is people out there that are educating our customers. Uh, you know, I am a huge believer of education um, or, or, you know, knowledge is power. Right. OK, the more, you know, the better you're going to be at what you're doing or what you're experiencing. Right. So I tell my team all the time, like you guys, you guys have the ability to make this place or break it. You guys have everybody come into this place, educate them on what you don't need to sell them. What you love is right. what they're looking for. That is so important. It's what you're, what it's they're looking so for. Important. You know, you, by you knowing the product, you will be able to provide that experience for them. Hmm. Don't freaking come here and be just because we have a promotion or we're, or, or, or you, you know, and I'm going to say there's a lot of other retail stores that just literally because companies will give them spiff on something, something they want to push it on me. I'm like, do not. Do not fucking push me on something that I do not look for. I sold my, and I've said this before, I sold my soul to the devil once <laughs> on a spiff item. And, it, and I will say, fired, I know, <laughs> it ended up in this long road how I ended up in this job here. They had, uh, a, it wasn't really necessarily a spiff, like you got money per item, but it was everyone from each store. We only had seven stores back then. We had two in New Jersey. Um, we didn't even have the New York store anymore. Two New Jersey, two North, three North Carolina, DC, Detroit, and like that was it. And it was whoever sold the most H. Upman legacy from every store got to go to the DR and see visit the TDG factory. I sold more H. Upman legacy than all the winners from the other stores combined. I pushed Ooh. this thing. Now, I am not going to speak bad about the H. Upman legacy, but it's not around anymore. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they yeah. don't, it, it, it's not here. Yeah. And yeah. it never will be again. Um, Long story short, me going on that trip, I met a guy named Rob Norris, who at the time worked for Altidus. Yes. Got drunk with him, told him my <laughs> ideas, and he's like, oh, interesting. He's amazing, by the oh, way. <laughs> a, a week later, I see on the billboard in the warehouse that our CEO at the time was leaving, and Rob Norris, this was random British guy I met drunk in the DR, was going to be our... He wasn't drunk, by the way. He was stone cold sober. I was hammered. Well, you were hammered. I was hammered. Of course. Um, and then about three months after that, he hired me and Anthony to come over to the, to the side. Mm -hmm. But that was the only time, and I felt guilty that I was like, oh, I need like a mild cigar for a wedding. I'm like, oh, I jumped in Legacy. And I, I, I sold my soul to the devil, and I, I promised I would never, ever do yeah. that again because I couldn't stand that I couldn't stand like oh for every Monte Cristo white five pack you sell you you can get two dollars and someone's like oh I want the strongest heaviest thing like oh Monte Cristo Monte white. white and yeah. they just and they just rack up those receipts and I'm like that's 
if there was any shot of that customer coming back mm-hmm. here, they're not because you did not give them what they want. Exactly. So that's one of the things that I definitely and, and you know, as a as a consumer, uh, this is what I will say to everyone out there is that if you have someone in front of you, just make sure that you provide what they're looking for. Right. Because you don't know who that person is and how much power that person can have to make your business, to, to uh, support your business. You don't know. So make sure that they feel welcome, that they, you give them that they, what they're looking for, that they, you provide the best experience possible. Because next time that they, that they, that, that they come back, they're going to trust the hell out of you. They're going to come and look for you and they're going to come with probably six, 10, maybe 20 exactly. guys. Exactly. Uh, you know, 20 people. Not just guys, but just hello. <laughs> <laughs> Little hair flip. Hello. Uh, but, you know, with 20 friends, you don't know. And it, it's, it's just a matter of, like, understanding that the customer is the most important thing. It's exactly. making sure that you give them that. Right. You know? And listen, sometimes, it, it, especially when I was in the store and, like, my preferences and tastes were so far beyond like what we were selling mm-hmm. you know i was deep into tatawahe at the time like we had just started to get some crown heads i was really into john huber and crown heads i still am i, I was smoking liga Bravada <laughs> nines for like years before we yeah. ever sold them i would have to go over you know to pennsylvania to like mm-hmm. our competitor to buy them before we sold them and it was tough when the customers would come in and like like oh what's a good maduro and i had to kind of sling what we had available, but I'm like, I can't just tell these people like my preferences. It has to be what is going to get them back in the store. Exactly. You know, and, and but like happy, not back in the store, just like yeah. for the sake of a sale. But what's going to get them back in the store and be like, oh, this guy recommended something last time. And it was exactly what I wanted exactly mm-hmm. at the price. I, I always would tell people, especially like I would always ask them. And I know this is kind of goes against the retail rule, but I would ask them, like, what's your budget? Because I, they always say like, oh, don't do that. And you try to upsell them. I'm like, yeah, but if this guy comes in saying, hey, I want a five pack for golf and I recommend him a hundred dollar five pack. He's like, oh, I was thinking like 20 bucks. Well, now I look like an idiot. You know, so I always ask him like, never. Give, me, give me a ballpark. You're never going to look like an idiot. And I will tell you why. Because you always shoot for the moon and at least you're going to land on the star. Trust me. It does not matter. You never know. Listen, I go to freaking Saks and I'll be like, I just, I just want this. And then they start suggesting me things. I come out of there with a fucking bunch of perfumes or something. You never know. You never know. And yeah, even I though just, they, they might have just one thing in person, it's the same thing as Target. I go to Target for one thing uh, and uh, I Target come is, Target is a loss. That, that's bro. a lost world for me. I go in like, there, I'm coming out with, I'm buying a couch. I don't even need a couch. I'm exactly. coming out with so much stuff from Target. It's the same concept. Yeah. Just, I always would upsell them a little. I would always be like, you know, like, oh, I want a five pack for something. And I'd be like, all right, we have five packs that range from $15 to $100 where you kind of aim. And he'd be like, oh, like $30. Then I would show him the $45 ones. Right. And I'm like, all right. right. So now like I'm going to upsell him. I'm going to get more money for him than like what he said, but I'm not going to embarrass <laughs> him by like, yeah. here's this Davidoff five pack for 150. He's like, ah, now nah, I was thinking like 20 bucks for five cigars. Cause also sure. some, sometimes, you know, but you know what? This is the thing, Nick. Um, I, I totally respect your perspective on it. And I love that you think that way because you are considerate of what they're looking right. for and what their budget is. But also as a salesperson, you always have to consider what the options are that you can actually introduce them to. Right. They don't have to take it today, but next time they might. This guy said, oh, this one was $100. I'm like, I wonder if that's exactly. good. I got you. That's, so, a, that's a good way to look at it. You don't have to feel guilty <clears throat> for it as long as it's also your approach on how you're transitioning that sale like so let's say okay this box just a rough number let's just say randomly hey this box is five hundred dollars and he's looking for a hundred dollar box you're like you know what sir 
Next time that you have the opportunity, grab it. But I got something for you. Since you won $100, I got you. By the way, this hey. is retailing for uh, $149.95 <laughs> for a box of 10. Hey, uh, $500 just for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, but, dude, these are, they're going to go quick. I get mine for free 99 Oh, so. hey. I got to talk to you, Chris. <laughs> you you no. stealing, Chris? What? what? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, uh, it's also how you transition. You don't have to make that customer feel like, you know, or, or, or make yourself look like a dumbass. It's just mm. more like how you transition. That's how you don't, mm. you know, it's just presenting and say, you know what? I understand. I got you. I got this. Now, I will say, and this is not to defend myself, but I will say this. Our store was a lot different back when I was there. We're, we're, I we're, agree. We're like, I know. We only had maybe like four things, four maybe four cigars that were like over fifteen dollars, and one of them was the Partagas one fifty, which was one hundred and fifty dollars. Yes, there was not a lot of expensive items, whereas now it's like we we really the like, like there, is there, like are, there, there are there are hundred dollar five packs now that I'm like oh yeah it's worth it like it's worth it yeah. to, for like for that. Five, you know, uh, Partagas, you know, or, or I'm sorry, Padron, like 80 year, like those double perfecto, right, right. like a five pack of those for a hundred bucks. I'm like, totally worth it. Like that's, that's yeah. actually getting a deal on that in 2010, a hundred dollar or even a $50 five pack. No one was buying no. that. Like no one was buying You know what? It. Let me tell you something. I will say though, I totally agree with you back then. The, the mentality of how much you were spending on certain mm. things was a little bit different than now, nowadays, but it also comes with what's happening in the world. Everything has gone up. Everything yeah. is, it's, it's more expensive. It doesn't matter where you go. Meat, freaking, you know, the uh, foods, shoes, clothing, everything has people, gone up. And people are willing to pay Every more day. for quality now. Now, Whereas exactly. back in the day, like everyone was drinking, let's say like Jack Daniels, people were more willing to spend, you know, $30 more on a really good bottle of bourbon right. as opposed to just, you know, oh, I'm just going to buy a bunch of bottles of, of Jack. Mm -hmm. and, and they're seeing that quality like really across the board right. um from from all like there's very few brands right now out like at at, at you know anything on our wall that whether they're my love your wall it's by so, the way it's, it's I'm, so I love nice it. i'm in love with the wall it's so I beautiful love it. and these these decals are so easy that if there's like somebody missing we could easily like order a new one just and just throw it up there so that brings me to kind of like so you being kind of like an influencer and having your own program with Erica, mm -hmm. you've gotten to meet some amazing people in the industry. Yes. And I see that we have a very close mutual friend mm -hmm. in, who was my first ever interview, yeah. which is Matt Booth. Oh, yes. He was my first. And there's a video on our YouTube page from uh, 2014, summer yeah. of 2014. I'm wearing a vest and a pink tie and I believe a <laughs> pink shirt. I had, that is so not like I Matt had very, I had very, very short hair and I had no beard and we were in like the side conference room before everything got redone. Right. And I'm in, and this is Matt Booth like at his peak, like big, the big like big Dragon hair. Ball Z hair. Yeah, like yeah, when it was yeah. all spiked up. Um, I think it was right around when Big Payback came out like the original big payback right, right. and he was my i was 24 years old he was my first ever interview and he couldn't have been to this day he couldn't have been a nicer guy so I, so much so fun and so welcoming mm -hmm. now i've had interviews with people that's like it's tough to get an answer out of them or they could be kind of rude For, as my first one is like this shivering fat 24 year old kid who like didn't it was my first time really on camera he was the best and he's been 
That, that's why I've he always kept in touch with him. He has not changed at all. He has not changed at all. And it's so funny that like, you're saying the way that you were dressed because it is so, you could have been so much more chill. Oh, no. Not when there. I first started He's, working on this side, I wore a suit for two weeks and then people were like, you got to stop wearing that. Yeah. Like, you got to stop dressing up like in a suit. Like it's just not how we roll here. Yeah. Now, like this is kind of like the nicest I'll go. It's like a nice flannel. Yeah. I got my Amazon boots. Uh, but especially, yeah, for like an interview yeah. like that with Boofy, is that that's not the proper attire. It's like, you know what it is, is that Matt Booth, it's, you know, I relate to him a lot. And, you know, he's been in our podcast multiple times. Um, he's amazing. He's just so welcoming. He's so relaxed and he's so intellectual. I love mm. talking to him about anything he's and like, everything. He's cerebral. He's like so, he's, he's just, yeah. he's out there and I just love it um, because if it's no matter what you throw at him he's going to come right. right back and he's going to continue the conversation and I by the way <laughs> I am rocking one of his items is that I the uh, Johnny Tobacconaut? it is yeah. I love it it is um, so these are actually uh, those nice little drops that he does on a yeah. quarterly monthly basis and I'm rocking it today um, he he's just awesome and I love his brand um, he's one of our partners, one of our sponsors in our show, and just absolutely love him because um, he supports I've, the hell out of us. We support the hell out of him. I've loved. Like, I, I was a, I was a fan of him as a person before his cigars, and he's even the first one to admit this. He's like the original yeah. Room One Hundred One. There were some really good ones, but then he was like, there was just a lot of. But that was more backroom issues going on. What he has done since he has gotten back. It's just incredible. Do our cigar, the JR cigar, cigar of the year last year was the big payback Maduro. Yeah. Like he has done incredible work. Listen, this, the new lines that he came out with, the, the partners that he's working with to make, manufacture his cigars, the product that he's putting out there, all the projects that he's working on. And we actually just had him on a couple of episodes ago. And let me tell you, he has a lot going on and everything he's doing is just badass. Yeah. Badass, and I cannot, I cannot wait to see what else he got on, in the back because honestly, he's just a, he's, he's a just good a idea freaking, machine. And he even he he, 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 last time I talked to him, he was even like, "Dude, I'm learning way more about tobacco and cigars now than mm -hmm. like my entire run like beforehand." And it's translating into his work. Like yep. the the quality is better, uh, the experience is better. But I was always a fan of just of him. Like I was drawn to his brand originally mm -hmm. for him. Now it's him. And also, you're just making top-notch stuff. Who are some of your other, like, favorite guests or, like, somebody would, you would like to, like, you know, like, who's your dream guest? Well, let me tell you, I don't have a particular favorite or dream, dream person because, to be honest with you, every single guest that we have had on has been a dream to us. Right. Our latest podcast, uh, one of our latest podcasts, I couldn't, like, I did not believe that this girl said yes to, to being on our podcast. Like, we had, act, we, actresses, musicians. I saw somebody from, like, was on like a Netflix show. Yeah, yeah from yeah, Atypical. Yeah. We had, we had her on. We had, listen, one of my favorite episodes have been with some of the closest friends with ours. Right. And they're just amazing individuals. You know, like Allison Park from Bren. Like, she's not in the cigar industry, but... She's in the spirit industry, and I've learned so much from her. Learning from from uh, Tao Anderson, who is in Atypical on a Netflix show. All these people have been a dream come true because honestly, to to be able to learn and and edu and get educated as uh, about other industry mm. has been incredible. Right. It's it's just one journey that I will never never would have thought that I've been I, I will be going through. 
And that's that's the dream, man. Regardless of the industry you're in, it. like if you're if you're living the dream, like keep living it. You know, yeah. that's that's sounded really stupid, but you get what I mean. <laughs> I will say this though, you know, I'm a huge fan of Nina. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I'm a huge fan of um, the show, the originals, the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, and I'm obsessed. Just marry me, Nina. Just marry me. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love. I listen. She's one of the persons that I hope that she one day will be in my show. Like. She's incredible. There's always a chance. There's oh, always a chance. Trust me. The people that we have had in the past, I did not even think that they will be on our show. And they were. So I'm just hoping that we get a lot more incredible individuals like the ones that we have had. Just be part I'm, of it. I'm sure you will. You guys are absolutely crushing it right yeah, now. Thank and, you. And also, it's it's oddly enough, I don't know, I don't want to try to take anything good out of the pandemic. Right. but. It has kind of transitioned how a lot of manufacturers reach their audience. Like yes. we have gotten access to people who like, you know, I couldn't even talk to at a trade show mm -hmm. four years ago and have done multiple like video interviews with them mm -hmm. or now that we have the studio set up, we're going to have them on. Um, and some, there are some of our most popular videos. Like the the talks I had with Nick Melillo are some of our most, and yeah. we're not selling anything. It's not like it's a top five. They're some of our most viewed. That and, and talking with Dion is like, Oh my God. That's uh, sometimes I, he, he, he doesn't intimidate me. Like Lito Gomez intimidated me from like just a person figure because just kind of how he looks. He ended up being a very nice guy, but like he right, looks right. intimidating. Dion intimidated me like, oh, I'm a freshman at college and you are the head physics professor, and I'm trying to ask you questions. <laughs> like, that's what this feels like. And yeah. Dion, very nice, very kind of reserved guy, but he is, I call him the mad scientist. Let, let me tell you, I, I wasn't able to, we haven't been able to interview him on, I mean, we just haven't, mm. um, interview him on our show, but we were able to sit down with him in a Zoom call during the pandemic, mm. um, and it was incredible talking to him. You are so right about him. He's just, his mind yeah. about tobacco and like he's, the way that he thinks, the way that he works. It, and he's, one thing that I freaking love about him, how humble he is. Yeah, he's he, so he, humble. It's almost like he's like, I'm a retailer first. And like, the, <laughs> I do the cigars as like my secondary gig. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'll tell you this. When I, when John Huber first sent me the samples for the mother church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I smoked it and then he texted me, you know, and I, and I called him. He's like, all right, be honest. What'd you think of the samples? And I'm like, John, you're one of the few people who is going to understand this as a compliment. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it was illusione esque. And John was like, like touched. He's like, that's a huge <laughs> compliment. compliment. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he, he doesn't have like, you know, Perdomo amount of brands and like doing, yeah. but the guy just, everything is just dialed in. And he, he was, he tells you like how. It's all about consistency. So he might, you know, the the blend for the Epernay, the filler might come from, a, a, you know, two different fields in two different years because of the weather factors or whatever. He's like, uh, my my goal is not to make the same blend every year. It's like it's to mm -hmm. make the same experience, like year after year. So the Epernay will taste the same from 2015 to 2050. That cigar will taste the exact yeah. same. Mm -hmm. And it, not a lot of people do that. And that's why you see some cigars that have gone downhill is because they're using the same tobacco, but maybe they're overgrowing in that region or it just wasn't a good year for that crop. So the cigar just wasn't great that year. He is committed to consistency. A hundred percent. Which is beautiful. And yeah. he also does not look like who he is. 
Like the <laughs> the guy with that amount of knowledge and respect, he should look like a Carlito Fuente or a Don Pepin, like an older, Freaking you know, Dominican humbled. guy with a mustache. He's so humble. He, well, I remember when I first I first ever saw him. It was at the trade show, but it wasn't on the trade show floor. It was at like a restaurant in the Venetian. Mm-hmm. And I see this like six foot five guy with like a pomodoro and sideburns. And I go to one of our buyers. I'm like, who's that? Like, like everyone's like kind of lined up to talk to this guy. He's like, oh, that's Dion from Illusione. I'm like, that's the Illusione guy. He he looks super Las Vegas. Yeah. Like he really does. But but you know what? That's what I love about this industry that it doesn't matter how you look like. Mm-hmm. You never know who the fuck you're sitting next exactly. to. Exactly. And it is amazing. It is so welcoming. It's so involving and exactly. certain levels, right? Of course, I'm not saying that it's like that everywhere and, and like all every day because trust me, there's a lot yeah. more that this industry needs help with. Uh-huh. You know, we have talked about it on our podcast on a constant basis about like how much growth we have to do as an industry. Um, but I love finding people like him, like Matt Booth, you know, it, it, they're, they're, they're not your typical cigar guy. Right. You know, that has that look. They don't, they right? don't fit that they traditional fit that tra- mold, but exactly. they fit what the industry, what the mold should be, which is just like anybody. Not you- only that, they're <clears throat> creating a new mold to be able to welcome those people that look just like them or that want to be just like them to be able to sit with us here. Yeah, I mean, look, look you know? I would, I would say right now, and this is not, this is not in terms of best brands. This is not in terms of my favorite, you know, companies. I would say the three top blenders right now in terms of innovation, consistency, flavor, and at least for me personally, mm-hmm. would probably be Steve Saka, Nick Malillo, and Dion Giolito. Uh, Th- three guys who you would th- not... Three top guys, yeah, for sure. Like three of, sure. of the most innovative... Bl- now, John Huber will admit he doesn't do the blending like how Nick does it. So this is not a knock on like my favorite companies. In terms of guys who are on the ground floor picking their own tobaccos, like, like, you know, those kind of mm-hmm. tobacco maestros, I would say it's those three. And they're not in any way a, the guy you would think would be right. the, the master blender. You no, know, I, two, I, two of them are Italian American. <laughs> I, I don't know what Steve is, but Nick, yeah. and, Nick and Dion are, are, are paisans. Steve is, is a category of his own. Steve's his own. That's, I will tell you. Yeah. Listen, we also had, um, we did a live video with Steve Saka on, during the pandemic because we <laughs> were doing a lot of live videos during that time. And, you know, that is one of the experiences that, like, you had it with uh, Lito Gomez where it's like everybody thinks that he's so intimidating. Dude, he's the easiest person to talk to. As long as you don't just ask him the A and, you know, ABC questions about tobacco. Just in... Involve him in a conversation. Involve him in a conversation. Right. Just talk about anything and everything. Don't just be the tobacco conversation. No, just he is incredible. So he's one mm-hmm. category as his own. So, so just to kind of finish up today, um, personally, your your preferences. What have you been smoking a lot of these days? Oh my god, that is a question that I never get to get to answer. Yeah, well, here's your chance. No, because uh, there's no there's no answer. I I smoke everything. One of the main reasons why I always, um, I cannot really give you a correct answer of like, this is A, Y, Z, you know what I mean? I always try, I always try my best to keep my um, profile or my palate as wide as possible, right? And the reason why is because I'm a retailer. 
I'm also a consumer. I want to experience different things. So I get, and you have like, to be able I'm to so share that experience with exactly. the customer, even if it's not your, your bag, you got, you need to know about right. it. Right. So I do this. I tend to, and I go also go through these stages where I go from my everyday, like room 101 has been on my rotation for freaking yeah. since he started coming out with his farce. It's just on my rotation. I love to be able to have my rotational stuff, but then I go through the stages that I go from brands to brands. Mm -hmm. So crown heads, I'd be going hard and then I just stop. And then I go to another brand, go hard, go to another brand. So again, one of, I, I, I try to keep it as broad as possible, but again, I do say one thing. I always smoke my padrones. (laughs) That is is my go-to. And a lot of people have, said a lot of you know have their own opinion about padrones but one thing that i do say is that it doesn't matter what time of the day what what you know what i've ate what i've eaten it's always consistent right and that's what i look for because it's somebody if i'm doing something some reports or if i'm sitting here with you or i'm running around like a freaking chicken without head in the humidor i know that when i'm smoking i'm still smoking and I'm still smoking the same thing that i was smoking when i was actually focused right you know what I mean? So right. it's, it's not going to distract you too much. It's, it's, it's going to be just reliable. Listen, exactly. And when pe- people, I can't stay, like we had a guy, we, we, when we released, um, I want to say it was the Oliva V Milano 50th right. and some guy commented like, Oh, you know, you're always touting for the small guy. And then you release this cigar, like this big company, like you're a fraud, like all this kind of BS. And I'm like, first of all, dude, you make it seem like I'm, um, like fighting the big banks here. Like I hate the big companies. I'm like, that's not what I say at all. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan, especially like the Altidus stuff of the past couple of years. Let me tell you, they have phenomenal. been phenomenal. Just killing it the with Monte their Cristo, latest. The Monte Cristo Vintage 12, the blue. <sighs> has become forget one it. of my favorites, yeah, Altidus. It. It's, I, I, just, I just had a meeting with um, Travis a couple of weeks ago and legit, I told him, he goes and t- gives me a couple of different ones. He goes, you know, the latest releases by them. And he goes, here, you know, and he's trying to tell me about something else. I was like, uh-uh-uh, give me the other one in your head. Just give me the 12. That one, yeah. on the other hand, that's yeah. my favorite right now. Yeah. So they've been, like, again, they have been absolutely incredible, creating new blends, stay consistent. Their marketing, like their packaging has become more beautiful yeah, they by didn't the go, day. They didn't go, like, cheesy with, like, like I'll say they this. Didn't. And I And I spoke about this before. Um... The the recent couple recent punches that have been released, first of all, they're phenomenal cigars. The chop suey and the egg roll mm-hmm. and those steamed ones, they are excellent cigars. I am not, I'm like, this is like punch shouldn't be doing this though. Like you're right. punch, you're a heritage brand. Altidus has been able to transition into a more modern feel, modern yes, packaging without has. being like, oh, the Monte Cristo uh, machine gun and we got mm-hmm. all bullets on it. It's like, no, they just modernized it, kept it simple, kept it classy, kept it worthy of the names of these yes, historic brands and mm-hmm. they've done a phenomenal job. General with Macanudo, I think the Inspirado line has been a huge hit. That they new, definitely changed. Yep, that new Macanudo vintage, uh, I really uh, enjoyed the stuff that Ricky's doing with CAO. How do you not like Oliva and Fuente and Perdomo? I was never like rallying against the big companies. I just wanted a little more eyes on the foundations, on the Fratellos, on the, you know, Illusione. But this guy was like railing on me like, oh, you know, you, what, what are you, a fraud? You're, I'm like, also, dude, we're a huge retail organization. Sure. We can't just release 12 cigars that Nick likes. 
Right. And and not that I, and also the Oliva V. Melania. It will, and be, that, it will be wonderful, right? Yeah. It will be amazing. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> not one cigar we released did I not enjoy. Yeah. Because I would have told him, I think this is a bad idea. Like, like for what we're doing with this campaign, I think if we were like, I smoked samples of every one of the releases we did. Um, and they were all phenomenal. And people agree. I, th- I don't know if I gave you one, but I gave one to John. I'll give you one before you leave today. The Oliva V. Milano in that rounded size is the best version of I that cigar. I did not have it. I'll give, it, I'll give you one on your way yeah, out. Yeah, that's awesome. It is the best version of that cigar. That I love Everybody it. I have given to agrees. The same thing I with love the, to hear that. the Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua. We did a rounded uh, mm-hmm. torpedo version of that. The best version of that cigar. And that was the number Very one cigar nice. of the year. So like... I'm, I, I just like good cigars, man. My thing was, let's give the little guy, especially when they are contenders, when they mm-hmm. are making top-notch stuff, let's give them a little more visibility kind of industry-wide. And I think yeah. that's happening now. Yeah. You know, through shows it's, like yours, you know. Through also Coop. educating people. Yeah. It doesn't, it, 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 listen, that's another thing too that I always say to people. It's like, don't just get so honed down on what the name is or how the color looks. Band bias. Freaking, it's, it's right, huge, just huge freaking problem. take that band off and I bet you that you're going to think, think differently about it. Listen, <laughs> what I just said about those punches, you know? I, I did not like the branding on those punches. First of all, and I, I am not some like culture appropriation guy. I don't give a shit what you do, all right? Mm-hmm. If, if, it, if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a little cheesy, but I'm like, I'm going to smoke this thing yeah. and I smoked the chop suey, the egg roll, and I can't remember the other one. They were probably the best punch cigars I've had in a decade. I haven't they, had all of them. They and were, they just they just released the the the, 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 the box, bento, the the bento, bento box. box. Yeah, they so. were like they're worthy of like if you can find them, go out and buy them. Like they yeah. are one hundred. So I I totally understand. Like band bias is something that listen. I think we're all guilty of it sometimes. At some some point, yes. Yeah, like we're all <laughs> guilty of it. But I think like don't worry about what the band looks like. You know. The cigar underneath is really what, What's what matters. Like a hundred percent what matters. Yeah. So what did you think of the uh loving it? It is definitely a long cigar, so it's it's gonna take me a while to finish it because I'm a slow smoker and I had to relight it a couple of times because I just yeah talking and I'm, stuff. See, I'm but, a I'm a quick smoke. When I see like a like a half wheel review and they smoke a robusto and it was like final smoking time, two hours, I'm like, what were you doing? I'm like, were you, like, what were you doing for no, two that's, hours? That's, that's like a little bit extensive. Yeah, like, like this, but, I mean, we've been doing this for what, an hour and 10 minutes? And yeah. I'm, I'm, but also because I was interviewing you, I wanted you to do more. So of I course. got usually, like, if it's me and Chris, where poor Chris can't get a word in edgewise because I just won't shut the fuck up. Uh, on, on those shows, I, I would have most of this left. Yeah, yeah. But I will say what's interesting about this, this is really, it, it hit the nail on the head. It really is reminiscent it, of it those two thousands, like Honduran rich, mm-hmm. heavy brands, but it's a modern, better version of it. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind of introduce this to a new generation that never got to smoke those vi- cigars come out of like Villa Zone and those mm-hmm. Frankie Frankie Neza. Like, those, do you remember the Frankie Neza's like in the wood box with like the green leaf on them? Yes, I do. They were so. You good. know, I'm actually thinking about as you're talking. I'm like, I cannot wait for Felix to try this and to tell me why he thinks because remember he was. Smoking oh, this is those. this this, this is, is going to be period. We should we we should give him one without the band on and be like, oh, we found this like in right, the right, store. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's an Old, it's an old like Hoyo from like 2005, and they were like, "Oh, this is the best pop!" Like or whatever. I don't want to do his accent, but 
Um, no, but he did. Yeah. This is this is. For, I will say it's not for the faint of heart. It's got a it's got a lot going on. Yes, he does. It's it actually a has a lot of flavor on. that I am yeah. really truly enjoying. Yeah. Even though, like you know, I'm taking my time with it, it's still really really good. So I'm I'm very excited for this. This will so this is coming out day after Thanksgiving, Christopher. Yes. Uh, so I hope everyone had a good turkey day. By the way, put in the comments. Happy Thanksgiving. Put in the comments. What what's the most unusual thing your family eats at Thanksgiving? We eat. What do uh, we? My sister does like an autumn soup. That's not really unusual, I guess. That's not unusual. For a lot her. of it. A lot of Italians do. Like Chris, do you do a pasta on Thanksgiving? We don't. Um. No. My my in laws do lasagna at one and turkey at five. See, that's a, a lot of Italians do lasagna. Like like lasagna or manigotta. Like yep. they do some kind of like heavy. <laughs> Cheese filled pasta, right, right. which I don't understand. I like, just snack I, I until five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch basketball and I'm good. Um, but this will be coming out um, next week. Uh, available exclusively at jrcigars.com. Awesome. Only 500 boxes available. Um, by the way, you, so get yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 I'm telling you. I'll, I'll let you oh, know when I'm, they're online. I'll oh, let you know. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll give you the, my give box because these you. are awesome. <laughs> these are really good. <laughs> Amy, I want to thank you so much thank for, you for, having for me. joining us here. This has been awesome. Give one last plug for the lounge experience. Any upcoming episodes? So um, we're still working on some of our guests. So they're kind of like, there's a lot of moving pieces right now. Um, but we are, um, we just released um, a couple of episodes with some guests like Tal Anderson. Um, a couple, like two weeks ago, she's, you know, she... She's in Netflix. Um, we also have um, Alex from My Cigar Pack on, on there. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of more that are coming up. We are working on our website, so that is exciting. Because nice, a lot nice. of people have been waiting for that. Um, so stay tuned for that. And, um, you know, you can easily find us on the Lounge Experience I mean, TLE underscore podcast, um, or you guys can email us at theloungeexperience at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then my personal is Blossom Smokes with two S's, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. And if you want to meet her in real life, just come to Casa de Monte Cristo and Whippany. Yes. The, the best cigar lounge experience you can get is right here in yes, New Jersey, <laughs> of all places. So, Amy, thank you once again thank for uh, for hanging out with us. Thanks to Justin Time and uh, Secret Chris. Back to Secret Chris. Yep. Oh, man. It's a reversal of fortunes. I missed it. <laughs> and you're super secret now because I don't even recognize who you are Yeah, today. I know. No one can. Yeah. <laughs> They'll see. They'll see. Oh, yeah, on, yeah, well, you can probably grow up back in like a week, right? God, I hope so. Just wish really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, everyone out there for watching. And uh, make sure to check us out at jrcigars.com. Bye.